0: It's Dr. Kieran here. Welcome to Bridging Medical Paradigms. In the vast and varied landscape of medicine, from the traditional to the modern, the complementary to the conventional, all paired with shifts in societal, technological, and political trends, it is a tricky and tiring affair to keep on top of. My aim is to leave you feeling empowered in your engagement with healthcare, to mitigate unnecessary experiences, and aim for more positive outcomes let's get started. Last week in episode 10, we looked at our core, what forms our core and what can happen when we don't engage it. This is variable, obviously subject to the individual. Today, we're going to take a look at how to engage our core. And I have a tweet for you. We've got Kerry Darcy Howard from Happy Body Pilates here. So just a bit of background. Kerry wasn't always a Pilates teacher. She had an intense and stressful career in events and marketing and found that sitting at a desk for many hours of the day did her spine and posture no favours. In fact, at the young age of 27, she suffered severe lower back pain with MRI results showing acute degeneration in her lumbar spine. She was sent off to her first Pilates class, and that's when things really started to change for her. After practising Pilates for 10 years or so, she finally decided to give up the corporate world to focus on training as a Pilates teacher and share the magic that the Pilates system has to offer. She set up Happy Body Pilates in 2016, She's qualified to teach her students the mat work repertoire as well as the Pilates exercises on various pieces of equipment, like the reformer, wonder chair, and barrel. She's also qualified as a pre and postnatal Pilates teacher. The ethos of Happy Body Pilates is to help everyone feel stronger, healthier, and happier through the medium of movement. Kerry believes Pilates is the secret weapon to improving overall health, strength, balance, coordination and mobility. She mostly teaches private sessions from her home studio in Finchley, North London, and also teaches six online group classes each week, making them accessible to everyone. For those that love to work on their own self-practice, she also offers membership to the Happy Body Pilates Video Club which has over 80 guided videos and new courses are added regularly. Before we did this episode Kerry and I had a chat about the core and Kerry said that she actually refers to the core as the powerhouse so today we'll be learning how to engage our powerhouse. She also brought in the involvement of the diaphragm Now, the diaphragm is a muscle that sits on top of your abdominal cavity and below your lungs. When you breathe in, your diaphragm contracts and flattens, moving down towards your abdomen. This movement creates a vacuum in your chest, allowing your chest to expand and pull air in. The diaphragm also functions with the abdominal muscles and pelvic floor to stabilize the spine. Now, I've come across so many ideas of how to practice core or powerhouse engagement, from zipping it up, pulling the belly button in and upwards, to breathe this way and that way, bracing oneself, that are difficult to implement, especially if you're new to the concept. I really didn't want to introduce anything to you that I didn't truly understand and have clarity on, so that's why we've got Kerry here. Hi Kerry, thank you for being with us today. How do you approach engaging the powerhouse?
1: Well thank you for having me. Um, So firstly I think it's worth going back to your statement about referring to the core as the powerhouse and why that is the case. And I often hear people say I need to strengthen my core and what they're generally saying is that they need to strengthen their abdominals. But you can't actually strengthen your abdominals or any muscle for that matter in isolation. And the core encompasses so much more than that anyway, and I'm not sure people necessarily know that. So in Pilates, we refer to the powerhouse and that encompasses four layers of abdominal muscles, the pelvic floor, back muscles, the diaphragm, which is the main breathing muscle, glutes and inner thighs. And every exercise that we do in Pilates stems from the powerhouse. And that's where we need to learn to move our arms and legs from for strength, stability and control. So let me give you two simple movement examples of how you can hopefully feel your powerhouse switching on. Okay, so here's the the first movement. You just need to stand. So that's uh, the first simple bit. Stand (laughs) with your heels together. Um, and toes apart. So you're trying to make the letter V, the V shape with your feet and the space between your big toes is not too wide, maybe about a fist distance. Press your feet equally into the ground to really distribute the weight um, evenly across your feet. Squeeze your heels together and then try and pull the surface you're standing on apart with the outer edges of your feet. Try and move your inner ankle bones away from each other and then really press your big toes down into the ground. It all seems like quite complicated, but actually, if you really do that, you're going to feel the connection in the back of the legs and the hips and the inner thighs, and you might even notice the sensation of your pelvic floor lifting up without intentionally trying to do so, and we'll pick up on the intentional thing a little bit later on. So then let the whole body lean forwards in one diagonal long line until you feel like the back of the legs are catching you or just holding you there. And then you've got to think about your rib cage alignment because most people have their ribs thrusting or poking forwards and really they need to be in a direct vertical line to your pelvis, two hip bones and your pubic bone. And once you've reorganized your ribs to the pelvis, your powerhouse really starts to switch on. And then you try and lift your heels up by pressing your toes and the balls of your feet down to the ground, draw your navel up to the top of your head without disrupting any of the steps I mentioned earlier on. And then hopefully that really gets you into that sensation of feeling the work in your powerhouse, the muscles I mentioned. Um, And yeah, I think it's worth giving a go, giving it a go.
0: Wow, that's fantastic. I'm doing it now and I can really feel it, it's amazing.
1: That's amazing, that's amazing, good. But like anything, it takes practice, right? And then the second movement requires you to lie on a mat, if you have one, or a carpet, floor, and we'll use the breath for this exercise because we mentioned the diaphragm earlier. So one leg straightens on the floor, let's just say your right leg, and then the left uh, foot is on the floor and that knee is bent. You're going to flex your right foot by pushing your heels strongly forwards. Take a breath in through your nose. And when you exhale, just allow the back of your body to soften into the ground. It doesn't actually require any movement, not yet anyway, but it's more just about feeling or understanding the sensation of the back of your body making an imprint into the mat. And so when you're exhaling, you're also trying to soften the back of your ribs into the mat instead of having those pokey up ribs and try and empty the lungs by pretending to blow out an extra three or four candles. And so once you've got that sensation, and maybe it takes a few breaths, right? But once you've got that sensation of the weight in the back of the body, begin to exhale and slowly lift the right straight leg off the floor by strongly pushing that heel forwards and then eventually lifting that leg to the ceiling. But be mindful to keep the back of your hips down without letting your tailbone lift, otherwise you're just going into your lower back. And so you should have felt like you lifted the leg with your powerhouse. Inhale while you're there and then begin to exhale slowly as you lower the leg back down with control to the mat. And then of course, repeat on the other side.
0: Last week, we spoke about all the instances of when you need to be engaging your powerhouse. Kerry, how can people become more accustomed to doing it during their daily activities? For example, sitting at a desk, standing, walking or carrying something?
1: Great question. So firstly, let me just say that you will never hear me say, engage your core or engage your powerhouse and then do a movement because that's just simply not how we learn to move. So if you try and deliberately switch on muscles before actually moving, you're likely to over recruit muscles, create too much tension and stiffness in the body, and then just simply be working far too hard for the task at hand, whatever that may be. So you're basically overriding the nervous system's job by doing that, never giving your body a chance to learn whether that's a new skill or movement and create, potentially create even deeper issues. And the nervous system's job is basically to be the link between thoughts and actions and relays messages from the brain to other parts of the body. That's how we move. And we, like I said earlier, we need to allow the nervous system to do its job. So the way we actually learn is by practicing. I know, shocking, practicing. (laughs) (laughs) And allowing the nervous system the time to figure things out. So by that, I mean learning to anticipate the loads of the body, what needs to move, and what needs to stabilize against the movement. And then you build up an experience of that particular movement until it becomes smoother and more efficient. And I'll come to an example in a minute. But what that means is that you learn to do the right amount for that particular movement and you move more optimally and efficiently. So the example I'm gonna give is lifting my four-year-old. because obviously I've got experience of doing that. But equally, it could be lifting heavy grocery bags, lifting a suitcase, anything like that. So what I definitely don't do before lifting her is tighten up my abs, stiffen my back, flex my biceps, squeeze my butt and then lift her. Right. Because actually thinking about all of that would take far too long. Right. My nervous system is much smarter than that. So instead, I think, well, I know how heavy she is. And that's bloody heavy, by the way, at 20 kilograms. So I know to anticipate the load of her body. And this, of course, is based on my experience of lifting and carrying her for the last four years, right? As she's gradually got heavier and heavier. So my nervous system, my clever nervous system, is going to kick in and send all the right connections through my body on a subconscious, spontaneous, and sub threshold level. Sub threshold meaning optim- the most optimal level. Um, to ensure that when I do bend my knees to pick her up, it happens naturally and somewhat easily and as efficiently as possible. And then all the muscles that I need to support that load of her will switch on at the right time in the right way. So, This is simply my long-winded way of saying that I never cue people to switch on their cores or to squeeze their butts or to switch on their powerhouse because if we consciously try to do this, then we're just overworking, not working naturally and functionally and overriding our own bodily system. So we should rather just get our bones in the right place to get the right muscles to switch on at the right time for a better outcome. So the other example we can look at, because you mentioned that earlier, sitting at a desk, and I know a lot of people sit at their desks. And there is also no um, deliberate need to engage your powerhouse or to hold your stomach in, squeeze your belly button to your spine, anything like that. My suggestion is sit closer to the front edge of the chair, right on top of your sit bones, and then allow your spine to stack, or your vertebrae to stack one on top of each other, of each other over your sit bones, and then keep a bit of weight in your tailbone. Balance your head on top of your spine. We're not usually good at doing that. There's often the forward head position that you see in a lot of people. And then make also, it's helpful to have your feet flat on the floor and parallel. And then just the simple act of sitting up tall, as I I mentioned, following those steps, your powerhouse should switch on just enough to support that tall position you know for a period of time but I'd always recommend getting up after 30 minutes or so have a break and then come and sit down again
0: yeah definitely not being so sedentary um say so, like so no overextension of the head then and you know cause that can lead to neck pain and back pain and like exactly, a multitude of issues exactly right. right so that can be carried over into better form for when people are exercising such as in doing aerobic or strength training
1: Yes, definitely. I mean, I think it comes down to a sense of body awareness, um, which is called proprioception, alignment and form, especially when lifting weights, which by the way, I definitely advocate for as resistance training is is really important and good for us, so good for our health. Um, But if we just take an example of a squat with or without weights, you wanna get your feet, knees and hips lined up, reaching your tailbone back as you flex your hips and bend your knees. And then you need to think about lengthening your spine while keeping the top of your your head on top of your spine, which we again mentioned earlier. And the bonus is if you can keep your ribs following the line of your pelvis when um you're when you're reaching your tailbone back, and your powerhouse should then hopefully switch on appropriately to support that movement, um, especially if you've got the extra load of holding weights. So you know if you're not sure, it's always useful to engage a personal trainer, to help teach you the good form alignment and technique, and to help support your movement goals.
0: Well, wow, thank you so much, Kerry, for speaking to us today and imparting your wisdom on the powerhouse. you really clarified it for me. It, like, it all makes sense now, and you've made it so accessible. Thank you. Yes, and you can head over to Kerry's website, www.happybodyplates.co.uk if you want to join any of her classes, especially her online 20-minute weights classes that run on Mondays at 8am and Fridays at 12.30pm. Can you see how, as Kerry has explained, it's a matter of body awareness in having proper form and alignment, i.e. having our bones in the right place, that allows us to switch on the right muscles at the right time to engage the powerhouse. And we can supplement it by doing certain exercises. Kerry gave us two today to feel the switching on of the muscles that form the powerhouse. Do give it a go. We can then translate this into whatever body movement we are doing, like running, or body stance that we are in, like sitting. So sitting at a desk, doing our exam revision, or sitting at the kitchen table and having our breakfast. It's not about being in a state of constant muscle strain we can see how interrelated it is. It's no wonder that not implementing this into our bodies and minds can lead to the problems we spoke about in episode 10. One interesting thing I wanted to bring in is making the links between what we learnt today and cerebral palsy. Okay, just bear with me one moment and you'll see the relevance. Cerebral palsy describes a spectrum of different motor impairments, affecting a person's ability to move and maintain balance and posture. This varies in severity. Cerebral means having to do with the brain. Palsy means weakness or problems with using the muscles. Now, the connections between proper form, alignment and engaging the powerhouse are so integral to our balance and muscle functionality that studies are showing that this is imperative as part of the first line of treatment for cerebral palsy patients to avoid complications, some of which we spoke about in episode 10, that can happen to any of us, including pain, digestive issues, breathing problems and increased risk of injury. So it's on that scale. Alignment and the powerhouse engagement can make that much of an impact on individuals with motor impairments. So in those who don't have motor impairments, can you imagine the positive outcome on the body? That's a wrap. I hope you can make what we learned today your own and share with your loved ones. We can all benefit from today. I think it will also make you feel better mentally and energetically as having proper form and alignment, being upright rather than slouched, reduces compression and allows everything to flow better. It avoids looking down on the world and down on yourself. Roll your shoulders back and keep your chest open and uplifted. It will make you smile, I can guarantee it. In fact, studies have shown that an upright posture improves self-esteem and mood in healthy individuals and a 2016 study has indicated adopting an upright posture may increase positive effect so positive emotions and expressions as well as reducing fatigue and decreasing self-focus. So self-focus is a chronic habit of conscious attention on oneself and one's thoughts, needs, desires and emotions in those with mild to moderate depression. This is another topic that I will explain in a future podcast. So now you've got more than enough reasons and tools to play around with to get your body awareness, alignment and switching on your right muscles at the right time to get you into ship shape. Or I'll have to resort to dropping ice cubes down anyone's back who I see slouching. Okay, see you next week. Bye!